I'm Sandra Hayes Buckley and you are listening to the Mind Your Mind podcast, a podcast that delves into what minding your mind means to different people, what self-care looks like in their lives and why minding their minds is so important to them. I hope you enjoy. On this week's episode, I am joined by Leanne Moran. Leanne is a nutritional therapist, a breathwork facilitator and a life coach in training. During our chat, we discussed Leanne's own journey with well-being and why she is so passionate about validating people's experiences and how detrimental it can be when people go through something and have that experience invalidated for them, be it in their physical or mental well-being. Leanne, you are so welcome to the Mind Your Mind podcast. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much. So for any of our listeners who are tuning in, who are not familiar with yourself, could you give us an introduction into who you are and what you're all about? Yeah, well, I suppose I'll start professionally. I am a nutritional therapist and I've also, I'm over halfway through a life coaching course at the moment and I am a breathwork facilitator as well. So that's me kind of in a a professional title kind of um, approach and Personally, I am. I live in Dublin. Um, I'm 31, and I am with my partner Paul about 12 years now, and we have a dog, Bailey. Um, we're also living with my mom at the moment, and we're building, so it's all go. We're hoping that it's going to be finished very soon. Um, it's nearly over a year now. We could have built. That's what I say we could have built 10 blocks of apartments in that time. <laughs> It's a self-build, so it's been a bit of a journey, and I think we're all looking forward to it being finished now, especially looking out this window today at this rain, and I'm like, how are we going to get it done? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, there's a lot going on, but it's it's all good. Um, so yeah, I think that's me, I suppose, in a short paragraph. <laughs> Fantastic. And you mentioned there that you're a nutritional therapist and that you're doing the life coaching and also you have the breathwork facilitation as well. And I suppose through that work, you help people to look after themselves, really, like that's at its core what you're doing and, um, you know, helping them to look after their physical well-being, but also their emotional well-being, their uh, mental well-being. Why is that important to you to look to, I suppose, to help others to look after their own mental well-being? And why is it important to you to look after your own as well? Yeah, so I suppose it's funny because do you ever find when you're on, I don't know, the journey through life and you're going in a certain direction and you think you're going after one thing but really the universe is guiding you like in a way that you actually need so what I mean by that is so I lived in Toronto from 2015 and it wasn't until so I was there two years and it was about 2016 one of my friends when I was over there said to me geez you're you're real anxious aren't you and I was thinking what like and it's mad to think because at the time like now anxiety is such a well-known thing and you know this podcast like you know we talk about it a lot but back then somebody kind of saying that to me I was like really no I wouldn't have and from there it was like it just my world changed because I actually realized at the time I I had actually and it's funny I'm saying it now, so I actually haven't really spoke about this or reflected in this kind of way with somebody, you know, I've been to therapy and stuff, but not in this kind of story, you know, telling way. So it's really interesting. But 
at the time it's like obviously I was anxious I was coming home I was going to bed at six o'clock because I was so exhausted I literally I was so so exhausted and I was having intrusive thoughts which I didn't know what they were Mm -hmm. they were like a, a dark secret that I had kept to myself because I I just thought there was something wrong with me and I was really like pushing that down as much as possible And I was throwing myself into fitness and throwing myself into weight loss. And, you know, another big thing would be, you know, objectifying yourself. So I I really just wanted to look good. And that was kind of a big driver for me was just lose weight. So you're accepted, lose weight. Once you're skinny, you'll be accepted. Once you're skinny, you know, you'll be popular. That would have come from times school and all that stuff. So I, all these things were going on like obviously I was anxious like now when I when I think back to it I'm like you were a walk and panic attack daily like I was like so anxious so yeah literally going to bed as well drinking I we you know we were young I'm 31 now I'm really bad at maths 2015 2016 whatever age that was like our weekends were spent out drinking having a good time and I'm not going to say I didn't have a good time I definitely did but like I'm just a total different person and my you know my way of being and my way my relationships with people was very skewed because I wasn't genuine to myself I wasn't comfortable in myself I had absolutely no self-worth I had no self-confidence I had yeah everything was driven by this kind of external validation and this suppression of the anxiety that I didn't know what it was this suppression of this energy so even I'm thinking back to like cardio I used to do these um these like stair sprints but it it was you know it was just to block my my head at the time so that yeah like it's mad when I look back and it wasn't 2017 then when we were coming home and that's when I start journaling and I, it wasn't called journaling back then, but it was just like, I just got so sick of myself and I kind of was like, I can't live like this. Like I actually, I can continue like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and not, I wasn't, it's not that I was suicidal, but like, I definitely sometimes had thoughts of like, it would be easier if I wasn't like this, you know, that kind of way. Um, so I started a journal and I kind of was thinking it was, you know, I was going home. So it was like this fresh start and this awareness since my friend said to me, like, geez, you're real anxious. I was kind of thinking it was the first time I ever had a bit of self-awareness that I was like, oh my God, like, am I anxious? Is this driven from something that I am not aware of? So I had this journal and I, I still have it there and I look back on it sometimes and all I wrote was like, I just want to be happy. Like, I just want to, yeah, I just want to be happy. I just, cause I wasn't, I was in a very constant tense and stressed state. Mm-hmm. Um, and even looking back, like I, I was only talking to my boyfriend, Paul, about this a few weeks ago. Like I couldn't make relationships. Like I couldn't make friendships, um, like I even yeah just I think back to the things I used to say to people like I don't have time for like friendships but it was like this tense protective barrier that I just had and 
yeah, it was like this kind of protection thing that I just didn't want people close to me. I couldn't have people close to me. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of interesting thinking about it. So when I was going home, I had these goals and I had my my main goal was to be happy. And I wrote down, I want to go see a therapist Um, I want to spend time with family and, you know, just connect. I think I was really longing for that connection um uh, I did like I had great friends from school but at the same time we had all gone in very different directions and some had moved to Australia you know some had stayed at home but we weren't keeping in touch really so I was quite lonely like I didn't really have um those real you know connected friendships and again that was me protecting myself like I could have like my friends, you know, are gorgeous, amazing people, but I would have been putting up these barriers. So I wouldn't have been keeping in touch or when I was keeping in touch, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't truly me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very hard to form, you know, meaningful relationships when you're so riddled with anxiety, you're so tense, you're so protected, you're not really yourself. Um, and yeah, so I came home then and when I was coming home, so I worked for an advertising agent agency um, and a talent and media. And I actually still work for them now on the side of my other businesses. But I was thinking, again, this kind of fresh start. And I was just talking to one of the girls in work, Jennifer. And I don't know what we were, she was maybe asking me, like, what are you going to do when you go home? And I was like, I don't know. I was like, I might go back to, you know, college or something. I'd actually wrote down in my journal, like I was going to go into business, you know, because I had this thing again, another thing for me not feeling enough was that I needed a degree. So I actually failed maths in my leave insert. So, you know, that basically means you failed your whole leave insert. And, you know, my mom was an absolute grafter. She was a single mom. It was just the two of us and she worked her arse off. So in a way, I always knew if you work hard, you can succeed. But there was always that underlying, you failed maths, like you are, like you're kind of worthless, you know, like, and if you were approaching jobs, it's like this big thing, like you failed maths, you know, that kind of way. Um, So I had wrote down in the journal, in my journal at that time being like, you know, do something like a, a marketing degree or a business degree, even though I've absolutely no interest in it whatsoever. Um, but my friend at the time said, like, why don't you do nutrition? Like you literally live and breathe, you know, nutrition and it's all you talk about. It's all you do, which at the time I, it was, you know, every meal was prepped. Like I would, you know, power walk to work after my stair sprints and after I'd be in the gym six days a week, which I now know it was driven from that anxiety and it was more of an obsession about how I physically looked but when she said that I was kind of like oh yeah like nutrition is becoming uh you know an industry and it is kind of a a job I was actually I was listening to a podcast back then back when podcasts were like only brand new his name is Ben Coomber um I can't remember his name of the podcast but it was one of the very very original you know fitness podcasts from the UK he was a personal trainer and I was listening to that like all day every day um 
And I was also listening to Girl Boss Radio, which is Sophia Amoruso. I don't know if you know her, but um, so I was I was getting coming around to it and I was kind of thinking, OK, what am I actually going to do? So when I came home, then I started looking into nutrition and I was thinking I want to help people. You know, I had lost the weight, but it, this is what I mean by you think you're going in a direction for one reason so I thought that oh I lost this weight and I'm you know quote unquote feeling great physically I was lower in weight but inside I wasn't feeling great I didn't have the awareness of that so I just thought I'm going to get into nutrition because I'm going to help people lose weight and I'm going to help people be active and that kind of thing now as the universe does I I didn't go down the personal training route because again I wanted this degree I wanted to study, you know, three and a half years. So the only options at the time and probably even still now, the only options were dietetics um, and then nutritional therapy. But nutritional therapy wasn't as well known like it still isn't. But when I looked into dietetics, I realized it was too clinical. You know, it was too um, it was too rigid looking into dietetics but it was something just wasn't clicking with me it was too mm -hmm. rigid it was too kind of clinical it was very yeah very so anyways I found nutritional therapy which again was a it's a degree level in the UK but mm -hmm. as much as I love Ireland we can be very slow so it's not actually recognized as a degree here but it's you know the three and a half years um study and it's very in-depth so I ended up going into that but like when I started that compared to now it's just totally different and you know the reason is is because I've kind of realized like everything that I needed help with it wasn't weight like it wasn't fitness it was that kind of the deeper stuff and that emotional stuff and the anxiety and that's kind of how it developed and that's how who I work with today so um I work mainly one-on-one -on -one. I do have a group program coming up um you know probably in January now I'll launch it but it's it's designed really and you know my whole approach is really to help me of you know five six years ago um and I suppose fast track my journey for people um I think a lot of us get into fitness and get into, you know, exercise for, well, weight loss as well, but also because people want to be active and people want to do things. But I think there's such a limit on what's available to people. And oftentimes when you go to gyms and when you start with trainers or coaches, they're not, it's not as holistic as we really need um, so that's yeah that's kind of the approach that I'm I'm taking with people and incorporating all those little bits like so I'm, the hormonal health is is where I mainly started um, and I was on the Depo-Provera injection I'm not sure if you've heard of that it's a, a contraceptive injection and you get it every three months and I was on that for nine years so I had no period for nine years I thought this was great. Like I thought I was, 
cheating the system. I was like, this is brilliant. And it wasn't until I actually realized what our hormones do and Mm -hmm. how important our natural hormones are. And when we suppress that, what we're actually doing. So that was my first, um, I suppose, change that I made was I came off the depot injection. And the reason for that was I was thinking that's the cause of my anxiety. Um, when we don't ovulate, so if you think about the menstrual cycle, we have ovulation and that's kind of the, the, the superpower or the star player in our menstrual cycle. And when you ovulate, you create this um, temporary gland. So after the egg comes out of the follicle, that follicle that's left over actually turns into a temporary gland called the corpus luteum and that produces progesterone. And progesterone is our our calming hormone. So it's really calming, it's really soothing, it helps us have good sleep, it calms anxiety, reduces inflammation, it helps, um, you know, if we have heavy periods, it helps to uh, lighten our periods. So it it, um, opposes estrogen. So everything that estrogen does, estrogen makes your uh, uterine lining grow and plump up and progesterone stops that so it's it's this harmonious kind of relationship and if you're not ovulating which I wasn't because of the contraception that I was on um, you don't have that progesterone and one of the side effects of these synthetic progestins is depression anxiety and um, I was never like diagnosed with um, depression but like when I look back I like I would say I went through phases of it or I was very very low anyway and um the same with anxiety like I was very very anxious so I came off the um hormonal contraception to try get my cycle back mm-hmm. and to see if that helped my anxiety so it took over a year for me to get my period back um naturally like I think it was 14 months maybe for my cycle to come back um, and when it came back, like I literally remember, I was like, oh my God, I was just so appreciative of my body from, I suppose, studying the nutritional therapy and realizing everything that our body does for us. And mm-hmm. um, again, I was so moved away from this weight loss focus. Like I was really appreciating my body from like such a holistic level. Like I was, you know, able to walk, able to see able to taste food I was really coming from it from that place of like appreciation and respect and so when I got my period back I was just like oh my god thank god and I think I realized everything that I had been putting my body through down to wanting to be accepted to you know look skinny and look good and um from there then I you know was on this menstrual cycle awareness kind of journey um, and just appreciating my menstrual cycle and working with it. And that's when I I started working closely one-to-one with women to, you know, I suppose teach them how their body works and, you know, how we're in charge of our body. Our body, we have authority and to ask questions in medical settings um, and to really appreciate what our body does. I actually had a friend in Toronto at the time, Aretha, and she had so that 
there's so many different like little kind of ways that this all linked and this mm-hmm. kind of came into like my life as important but I had this friend Aretha and she had come in one day she always suffered with period pain but she had come in and she was literally like bent over so she was like walking through the office like actually fully bent over um and you know we were saying are you okay like take tablets like how are you feeling so it didn't go as two three days she was like in excruciating pain like she couldn't eat all that stuff so she went in over in Toronto it's like a walk-in clinic you can do if your regular doctor isn't available so she went into a walk-in clinic and the doctor who's a male he just said like you know congratulations you're a woman like this is just this is just periods like mm. you can have painful periods like just take you know here's Ponston whatever they were giving out at the time um so she did that she was you know tail between her legs feeling like an idiot and she went back came back to the office but again like six days so it would have been six days after three days she went to the doctor another three days she was still in excruciating pain and we were saying no like all of us in the office were like go get a second opinion like that isn't right um so she went into another walk-in clinic and the it was a female doctor and she said, oh no, you need to like go to A&E like right away. Like that's, you know, that's not okay. So they found, they ended up finding a mass. It was like a 13, they said it was like the size of a, um, you know, like an American football, like across her, across her womb, like a mass um, of cancer. So, and I suppose that I was there for that whole thing so she obviously had to come out of work and she she ended up passing from it like it was too far gone Mm -hmm. but that I suppose it just as well as my own stuff just kind of built this like anger in me that we don't know like we're just not told like we're not taught it in school like we're just taught that like you have sex you get pregnant like yes they say stis like wear a condom but like we're just not taught any of this stuff and how important our hormonal health is and our menstrual cycle and you know i work with clients all the time who are often dismissed and i had like a 15 year old girl there come in and you know fair play to her mom she follows me on Instagram and she said, like, my daughter's really suffering with pain uh, for two days. Like she can't get out of bed, you know, all that stuff. So um, she came to me and she said that her doctor had put her on Ponston and was recommending the pill. And like she's like 15 and it's like, mm. but this could be like endometriosis takes nine years to be diagnosed. That's the average diagnosis. It can cause infertility like it can you know there's so it not only that but like um endometriosis with depression like being in that much pain and having to live a normal life you know it's so mentally draining for the person that's experiencing it and they don't they're so different to everyone they feel like very isolated you know it increases anxiety um it can make sex really painful like there's so many different things so that's I suppose sorry <laughs> I literally haven't taken a breath <laughs> I'm trying to keep going with the story like um but yeah that's kind of where I have come to with you know women how I work with women today is teaching them about their hormone health giving the power back to them um with the life coaching and the mindset stuff 
that is why I I started that because I realized that a lot of my issues had stemmed from low confidence, low self-belief, like that, you know, failing maths and the leaving cert, feeling quite worthless. That was very underlying for me. Um, another thing was alcohol. Like a lot of, I, grown up, we start drinking very young and from blackout drunk, you know, being drunk, not knowing, waking up and being like, I don't have a clue what happened. That I think spurred on the anxiety um, and that caused, you know, that shame. And I want to help women through that. Um, and then the breath work. And that's all about the nervous system. So given our, our that time for our nervous system, um, you know, if you feel that you're a highly sensitive person, I'm definitely a highly sensitive person. And I don't know if that's just the way I was born or if it's from kind of years of you know little mini I don't like throwing around the word trauma but you know mini traumas and that can cause that kind of um you know I don't say PTSD I know there's there's different levels of it but um I've read that you know those traumas can cause post-traumatic stress disorder and can make you a quite a nervous and highly sensitive person so the breath work I wanted to I suppose help people like introduce them to it what I found was there's loads of breath work um you know classes popping up but some of them can seem quite intimidating I as well I'm throwing everything at you here but I had social anxiety in with the kind of anxiety and some of the classes that are out now I've been to now and they're amazing but I know if I went to one of those classes six years ago like I never would have went back because they would have been too intense so I want to I suppose do the facilitation course myself to help my own clients you know to invite them come to my classes it's me you'll be fine like it's very it's not that intense and it's just to create those kind of safe spaces um so yeah sorry I literally rambled there I hope I kind of answered the question in all of that yeah you you definitely did because I suppose what really resonates is that you know you've gone through this very big journey um with your own I suppose wellness and getting to a place where you I suppose are looking after yourself in a holistic way because I think so many people will resonate as well with the you know going to the gym or, or doing the, the workouts from an aesthetic point of view because yeah. you know I want to I want to be skinny because that's what people expect of you know women and whatever and like I suppose it's the generation we grew up in as well like we grew up in the generation where you know magazines were slamming people for putting on you know the the smallest bit of weight um this is what we were seeing like week in week out on you know up on websites and like print media everything that's what it was so obsessed with you know nothing tastes as good as skinny feels like this is this is the generation we grew up in and I suppose the pressure that there is to look a certain way and to be a certain way I think an awful lot of people will resonate with that but you know like that doesn't fulfill you it I'm sure for a lot of people you know going to the gym is more than just aesthetics but for people who are just you know I suppose objectifying themselves like you were saying you know that 
it's just you're, you are just objectifying yourself. You are fitting into somebody else's box of what is acceptable and what you should look like and what you should do and what you should, you know, be. Yeah. And you're not then able to kind of be your most authentic self when you're trying to fit into this box that society has made for you that, oh, you should be a certain size. You should be a certain weight. You should be a certain, you know, way. And yeah. I think definitely the fact that you've gone on this journey yourself I'm sure really helps your clients as well because you know you have the lived experience of Mm -hmm. going through that and I suppose you have all those experiences that you were saying the social anxiety the 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 just the anxiety outside of that the Mm -hmm. depressive episodes you know you've gone through as well also the loss that you mentioned your friend Aretha you know that all combined has given you this experience that you are able to help others I suppose, navigate their own journey then. And I suppose that must be very empowering, obviously, for your clients, because you are empowering them to look after their own um, well-being and their own, you know, like you said, their menstrual cycles, their their menstrual health or hormonal health. And but in turn, that leads into their their emotional health, their mental health, because, you know, if you have all these things going on and, and you know, kind of your periods going haywire and, and everything that does feed into your emotional health I have adenomyosis I uh, mentioned it on one of the other podcasts and like I was someone who suffered with really bad periods um you know I had at least eight days every month um of just pain I used to just get the most horrendous really heavy periods and they would just be heavy for eight days just painful I remember and it came to the point where I was bent over on the beach just down the road from my house and I was like no more went to the doctor and explained and in fairness, he was very good. He sent me straight mm-hmm. for, you know, tests. And it was um, kind of it was caught that time that it was the adenomyosis. And but like that, it takes being heard as well, because like you said, not everyone does get that experience of someone going, OK, this isn't normal. So mm-hmm. for you to be in a position where you are you're listening to people, you are empowering them to actually this isn't normal, you know, you you should go for a second opinion or, you know, whatever like that. That's very empowering for them, but it also must be really rewarding for you. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And like that, it's, it's amazing when I hear people having good experiences with doctors and being heard and because it's, it's not, it's, it's so sad, like a woman and especially with stuff like the menstrual cycle, you know, again catholic guilt and that you know stuff that could be a whole other podcast but um and women's rights and you know mother and baby homes and all that history for women especially irish women i think we have a deep generational trauma wound that's there and um it can be a very tough subject and especially when we're meant to just get on with things and we want to get on with things. Not that we're meant to, we want to get on with things. We don't want to be crippled. We don't want to be fatigued. And when we are having, you know, fatigue and this pain and we finally accept, I think I need to get help with this. And then you go to your GP and you pay the 60 euro and they just tell you like, yeah that's fine like it's like it's so disheartening and it's just so um what's the word like invalidating is that even a word it's just you just feel like oh what is the point like really okay 
and especially like I don't know what it's like down in, in East Cork but like I'm in Swords in Dublin and it's it's a fast-paced way of life like and you know we're all whether you're um you know a stay-at-home mom busy with the kids trying to do your best you know going from you know football practice to whatever keeping the kids engaged and educated and all these pressures that come with that or if you're kind of more focused on your career it's it's fast-paced and it's go go so nobody wants to have this pain and nobody wants to be fatigued so I do believe like it's like when you're going to the doctor and it's being basically said like it's you know you're exaggerating it's in your head like you're making it up and even like is it IBS that was known as like what's the word not um not contrary Roman but there was something IBS I think was used to be known as like it was just made up in people's heads basically and it's like who would do that like who wants yeah. to be going through that so yeah I definitely um I see the relief in people and it's something that it's feedback that I get a lot that you know just having the time and space to tell their story and to go through um everything that they've been through up to this point and looking at it from all aspects like you know my initial consultations I say are an hour and a half like sometimes they can be two and a half hours like I don't I try to kind of leave time and I just try to give them the space there to kind of tell their story and we really get to the bottom of you know what is it that we need to work work on like some people approach me and they think that they want a meal plan so they're like oh I need to get my hormones balanced like what food should I eat and then by the end of it, they're like, Jesus, like I didn't realize all that other stuff that's underlying, like, because, you know, the impact that being dismissed has on your hormones, on your stress. I actually only did a presentation last night about stress and how that impacts our hormones. And, you know, there's a lot more going on underneath, you know, underneath that pain, underneath that flooding. Um, you know, there can be a genetic disposition, but as a nutritional therapist we look at the body all the systems how they're linked and how how they all kind of play on each other so when one system is out of balance how that impacts the other system so um yeah I do find it's 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 really rewarding work like it really is so I'm definitely I feel like I've kind of found my thing very good and I think for a lot of people it's that validation is what people need and because if you're constantly being told like, no, you're you're exaggerating, no, you're wrong, no, whatever, that can have a huge impact on you internally because, you know, you then it can feed into that inner critic of, you know, oh, that was stupid. Like I shouldn't have gone, shouldn't have gone there. Why, you know, why was I, I was wasting their time. I'm wasting my own time. You know, all these thoughts can come come up. And now not all thoughts are are facts, but yeah when you're thinking like that and you're you know somebody else is saying you're you know you're exaggerating this is fine you're grand mm -hmm. and they're completely invalidating what you are thinking what you are feeling then you know it can be the spiral of you know stress and anxiety and you know those that very negative mood like mind space that you can get into so having someone to validate you know know what you are feeling you know you are this is valid this is completely valid and there's 
probably a reason for it and you know we can get to the solution with that or we can you know dive deeper into that that is it's really important for people because Mm -hmm. you know like I know myself that you know when you are in that kind of frame of mind that like you know there's something wrong and I know there's something wrong and and that sort of thing and I haven't actually mentioned this on the podcast before but I went to um a counselor at one stage and she wasn't my counselor for very long um so I went in and and the first session was you know just introducing myself and and that sort of thing and um then I kind of had a weird vibe but I was like okay she's a new counselor you know it was just the kind of introductory session so I went back for a second um session and right at the start she she shot her notebook looked up at me and said you say that you're self-conscious and you say you have issues with anxiety and you say you have you know self-confidence issues you say you're full of self-doubt but you've got pink hair and you're wearing very brightly colored clothing so what's that about completely invalidating what I had said about my anxiety about my stress levels about you know all of that Mm. and like this was actually at the point where I was very much on the verge of a breakdown I had like complete what I would describe as a complete breakdown in my mental health about six weeks later so Mm -hmm. you know I was at a very very vulnerable time and she completely just invalidated it because like I looked a certain way because I I did have bright pink hair at the time and and you know I like dressing in brightly colored clothing that's just what I like it's not a reflection of what I'm feeling on the inside though and to have it completely invalidated like I had a panic attack after that session I cried all the way home thinking like everyone thinks I'm stupid everyone thinks I'm making this up and you know all this sort of stuff and you know what am I supposed to look like what am I supposed to be like what am I supposed to act like god and and it is it's such a stressor when somebody does validate you like that you are just you know like what am I supposed to do now so you you know people need that validation that Mm -hmm. what you are feeling I you know I believe what you are feeling what you are feeling is you know it might not be normal in inverted commas but it's real and it's real for you if you're feeling it it's real for you and you know there are things that we might be able to do to move forward and that sort of thing but when somebody invalidates you like that it it can be like and it can be detrimental as well because you know it can have this huge effect on you know your mental health or like you said with your friend Rita you know your physical health like she was completely dismissed and you know I suppose having someone that validates you is so important so I suppose I wanted to kind of emphasize that because you know it's something that you mentioned and and it can it can have a huge impact on someone so it's I think it's important language matters as well like the way you talk about something the way you and um and yeah like you said like you know it's it's so disheartening when you hear that from you know that there are professionals out there who are you know supposed to do supposed to be there to look after you and then they don't you know sometimes unfortunately they don't always um you know and and I would say look that's not everyone you know I have a brilliant GP I've never felt invalidated going into my GP um I've also seen lots and lots and lots of consultants and all the rest of it um for various things and like I've always had very good experiences in the vast majority of cases but there always will be that percentage that unfortunately for whatever reason just just won't understand or won't won't believe you 
yeah 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 and oh god like that I just can't imagine and how that experience was and I I suppose that actually makes me think of a point that like when you are going through so I was saying that I got into the life coaching that's to do with the mindset and you know your low self-worth and all that because if you already have those underlying things going on and say you're waking up every day and you're trying your best to keep going so like you maybe you, you want to dye your hair that color to see a bit of brightness like maybe the days were dark and like one way that you could bring a bit of brightness into your life was bright colors and even seeing that just gave you a glimpse of hope but at that could have been a struggle and I'm just using this might not Mm -hmm. have been your experience but I'm you know some clients come to me they're they're low like they're at the lowest of the low and they are mustering up or like fatigue you know they're so fatigued to even fill out my questionnaire takes energy to come to the appointment to talk to somebody to reach out takes energy and if you use even even social anxiety to actually text somebody and to you know end up speaking to them takes a lot of energy from a social anxiety point of view so if you muster up that energy which you have to like you have to do it at some point you have to take the leap and say I'm actually worth this text I'm putting myself in this position I'm worth this appointment like you going to that therapist that time I'm doing this I'm paying the whatever money it was for you to do that and then to get an experience like that like how how would that like affect you do you feel like oh that's okay I'm just gonna try again like that could be your final straw like really somebody that could be the final straw for somebody and Mm -hmm. it could knock them into another seven years of depression and they could say oh well I tried that and it got slammed in my face so I tried I do I actually put up a post on my Instagram there the other um day a client that I was working with she sent me this gorgeous I don't know it was like a piece it wasn't a poem it was like a piece called sunflower and it was saying, she was saying, like, thank you for being um, my sunflower. And it's basically about how somebody who's your sunflower, they kind of shine a light on you and they see you differently to how you see yourself. And I couldn't believe it because I was like, geez, that articulates things better than I even could. Because and I think it comes back to how low I was and how I saw myself and looking back and going, I wish you know, I suppose I had somebody to, obviously I didn't share with anybody. So nobody had the, the even opportunity to tell me all these amazing things, but sometimes we just need somebody to believe in us and to go, I see you're able, like, and I'm going to kind of wrap you up in a little cocoon and we're going to do this together. And, you know, we're going to do it step by step. And sometimes that's all you need. So yeah, going to, a, you know a healthcare or whatever appointment um or even pts sometimes amazing i've worked with some amazing personal trainers who have built my confidence and pushed me in ways that i couldn't have equally i've been to some places that have made me feel so much worse and so much more self-conscious so it really does matter like it really does and i think those key people um really can change your life like you know those therapists and stuff they can really have a lasting impact on you so it can be really powerful in in both senses absolutely and I suppose then getting on to what you do to look after 
um, your own mental well-being. So what does self-care look like in your life? And I suppose what are the things that you call on the tools that you might have in, in your toolkit um, that you pull out if you are particularly struggling? Yeah. Yeah. So I um, I think menstrual cycle awareness is a huge one for me. And it depends. It's it's different every day and it's different, different weeks and depending on what I'm going through. But I suppose having an awareness and an understanding of my menstrual cycle has been such a game changer because during the first two weeks of my cycle, I am super confident and, you know, I'm feeling my best. And, you know, I've done the work for the past whatever since 2017 I've been to CBT which I would recommend to anybody or like that working with a confidence or a mindset coach or somebody who has been through what you're going through um and I know sorry I'm talking about now other people but for myself so I've kind of done all that work so the stuff that I do either daily or weekly would be being aware of my menstrual cycle and knowing that sometimes that inner critic is going to be loud even though you've done that work it can still come up and being aware of that and knowing when you need to give yourself more self-compassion than you know when you need to push yourself so some days I push myself and I push my my comfort zone and I push my boundaries and that's exactly what I need and that feels good for my mental health um and then other days I know when I need to give a bit more, you know, um, cocoon myself and give myself a bit more self-compassion. So definitely menstrual cycle awareness and understanding that would be self-care for me. Um, and from that, then things like breath work. So or going to a space where you can actually recharge. So, you know, we talk about resting and recharging, but. What I found was my rest was collapsing onto the couch and, you know, watching Netflix, which, yes, is good sometimes and definitely is needed. But I think I go to yin yoga um, and I do my own breath work every week and going to a class is like nothing else. As soon as I step into the room. I just like feel this change in my energy. I just, it's just this like deep breath that I take. And I think it's like anything, you could go to a class and you could think that wasn't that great. It depends on the class and it depends on the person that's teaching it and the style. So Michelle, who does um, the yin yoga, she just creates such a gorgeous space. And I wasn't a yoga person. I've tried it loads of times. I never was into it. But this, it's more, you know, it's more just being in the space mm. than like the yin yoga is amazing. But it's like as soon as I walk in there and I think having that dedicated time, it just changes me. So that's on Tuesday evening. So by Tuesday, I'm up to 90. I'm like the week is go. I'm I'm all I'll go. And I tend to be more in kind of masculine energy. Like I tend to you know, want to do and want to push myself. So having that to kind of remind myself, we're not meant to feel like that all the time. We're not meant to be so wound up all the time, even though it feels good, like we're meant to have that balance. So that's definitely a huge one for self-care. Um, and another one is nourishment, like nourishing my body with whole foods and healthy foods. And as well, 
not so healthy foods, you know, having that kind of satisfactory, you know, whatever kind of bit of I fancy is really important. Um, I dieted for years and it, it definitely contributed to my stress and contributed to my anxiety because I actually, I worked with an intuitive eating coach and we worked out, I asked myself 16 questions. So every meal I had, like 16 questions I would ask myself first so if you think about like I was thinking about food all day every day and I was coming at it from a weight loss point of view and a dieting point of view so I worked on my relationship with food and it's it's a part of my self-care now I really appreciate the food that I eat and I really enjoy it and I savor it and it's more of a a nourishment and kind of a self-care thing um Another thing would be listening to positive things, listening to things that increase my self-awareness. So like things like your podcast or like an audio book and something to just keep me going and to keep me aware that if you kind of don't pay attention to it, it it can sometimes go off on different different directions. And Mm -hmm. I just come from things of trying to live with intention and live you know purposely and um yeah mind and kind of what what direction I'm taking myself in um I think that's really important and when you listen to something it's it's just really really helpful and finally maybe and I'm picking these out of the air now I probably should have wrote I'll probably think of 10 things other things (laughs) but um another thing for me was reducing alcohol so alcohol had it like has a huge impact on my anxiety my motivation my mood and especially during lockdown kind of when we were coming out of lockdown and the we were starting to be able to mix again I was I like I love the crack I love having a laugh I and I thought how you have a laugh is you have a drink and you get but I I definitely didn't have a great relationship with alcohol so it's kind of like anything for me I don't do things by halves. Like it's like even with dieting, I went obsessed with that. With alcohol, I would drink it under the table. Um, so throughout kind of lockdown, when we started to drink more, I was realizing then and when I was starting to build my business, but I couldn't, I literally couldn't do it. And it was because I was so low and so not motivated. So um really cutting back on alcohol and I I really don't drink unless you know it's a very special occasion and even that I've had a few special occasions over the past while where I haven't drank um, and I've kept it to myself I haven't kind of made it known because I'm just not ready to have those conversations yet but um, that has been a huge huge game changer as well for me so um yeah I'm sure I'll think of other things now but there are kind of a few (laughs) yeah but it it's really about tapping into what works for you and what you need as well um I think is is the other thing because like that I I don't drink um alcohol either I obviously gave up when I got pregnant um five years five years ago um five more than five years ago um but I haven't drank since because I realized that when I did drink, it would make like that, it would make me very anxious. And I was never a heavy drinker. Um, But even if I had like one or two drinks, I would be incredibly anxious the following day. And it just didn't, it didn't work for me. It didn't suit me. And like, I suppose it is, it is learning to what works for you and, and tapping into that. 
I suppose yeah. like there's a lot to be said for your own intuition and your gut feeling about things. And um, and I think if anyone takes away anything from this this chat, it is, you know, like trust your gut if you and and that goes with everything, not just, you know, drinking with, you know, like what we were talking about med in a medical sense or, you know, mindset wise, menstrual cycle wise, you know, really, if if you feel like something is not right or not, it doesn't suit you or isn't working for you, I think it's really knowing when to yeah. when to maybe make that change. 100%. And that's, it's, yeah, when you say that about the alcohol. So again, coming from that kind of people pleaser, low confidence thing, I thought that I needed alcohol, but and coming again from that intuitive, my body was rejecting alcohol. So I noticed when I drank like my hangovers, I could be in bed for like nine hours, like, you know, vomiting like nonstop. And this is when like this is only a few years ago I had been through the nutritional therapy and my mom was saying she was like your body is literally rejecting it like it's mm. not she was like you're obviously like she would say like you're too healthy like to be your body's not and I was I was like this is just not but I kept going because I just felt like I had to so it was until I built up that self-confidence and my self-worth and you know I know I said I haven't really shared with people that I I'm stopping and it's just because I think when you say that you're not drinking often people feel like they have to justify their own thing so I just kind of don't want to but following your intuition 100% yeah if there's one thing that we can I suppose take from this and bring into the day is listen to yourself and listen to your body and yeah I think that's really really important yeah fantastic and I think that's a really important note and it's a re- it's a lovely note on which to finish our conversation today yeah. so thank you so much for joining me on the mind your mind podcast thank you thanks so much thank you for listening to this week's episode of the mind your mind podcast if you enjoyed this episode please like subscribe rate review or follow it really does help with getting the podcast out there you can follow us on instagram at mind your mind pod for extra content and some behind the scenes action talk to you next week and in the meantime Don't forget to mind your mind.